Well, friends, um, I designed it uh, as I was working on this this service. Um, I didn't do a sermon. I have a meditation for you. Just a little bit of a challenge this morning. And it comes out of Genesis 1-1. Now, there's first lines in all kinds of books that major uh, so many different ways. They, the first lines of books tell you what the book is all about and what it is. For example, do you remember this one? It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Do you know that book? Tale of Two Cities. Okay. How about this one? Just call me Ishmael. You know, Moby Dick, huh? There's others you might recognize, but there's three that I put down that I wonder if you can guess who they are. Um, are you ready to try to guess this one? It was a bright, cold day in April, and the clocks were striking 13. Anybody guess where that one's from? You know it, don't you, Charlie? Yeah, 1984. George Orwell. In our family, there was no clear line between religion and fly fleshing. Remember that one? Brad Pitt. Yeah, river runs through it. Perfect. Yeah. How about, how about this one? All children grew up except one. Floyd? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Floyd did good. Yeah. That's Peter Pan. Then my favorite. Let me give you one more. My favorite is, there was a boy called Eustace Clarence Scrub, and he deserved it. You have to like this author, C.S. Lewis, The Voyage of the Dawn Traitor. I don't know if you've ever seen those movies or not, but they're excellent. The books are even better. These opening phrases always tell you what it's about. Our scripture today is very simple. It tells us what God's word is all about. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is the word of God for all of his people. Thanks, Thanks be to God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, uh, um, when I was taking Koinonia Greek in, in, in uh, college, I took it for um, eight terms. I, I was nuts. But um, I, I enjoyed it so much, and, uh, and uh, everybody was surprised uh, at some of the things I picked up on. But one of them was, I, I wrote a paper one time and said, there's, there's more than one beginning in God's Word. And if you don't really look at it too closely, you don't catch it. So here's the first in the beginning, is here in chapter 1 of Genesis 1-1. And it's all about the, the creating of the world that we live in. The second one, one is in John chapter 1. In the beginning, God was the Word, and the Word was God. Amen? So that's the beginning of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And then there's a third in the beginning, and that's in 1 John, the little epistle of 1 John. In the beginning, he opens up with, in the beginning, and he's talking about our life after we find Christ. We, we have this new beginning. 
And uh, it's all three of the beginnings tell us where we're at and what we're doing. It's powerful stuff, my friends. And I want to share with you just a thought this morning that no matter what we think, this is our Father's world. That's why we sang that song. That's why we read Psalm 8. If you listen to it and, and, and adjusted to it real quick, you notice that that's what this is all about, uh, celebrating the fact that God created all that we know and all that we see, and we believe that and trust that. Now, as, as, I, as I thought about this, I thought, well, somebody would probably ask me, but what about the, the five billion years old or something, you know? Um, when I was in seminary, when I was in seminary, I, I fell in love with this doctor who was a professor. He was a medical doctor. He was a medical doctor, came to uh, teach at our, our seminary um, this class on world religion. And he had, he had this theory that I, 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 I just thought was the perfect answer to everything. And he went this way. He said, you know, when, when uh, he explained it to us in very simple terms, it was very complicated, thought, but uh, it's called real time and ideal time. He said when God, invented, when God created Adam and Eve, Adam was not a baby. He was 30 years old. So his real time um, was, was only seconds, seconds, but his ideal time was he was 30 years old. So when he created all this earth, we don't know whether it was in one day or thousands of days or tens of thousands of days. It doesn't matter. When he created the world and the, that was formless, that couldn't be inhabited, he created the world in these days and said, oh my, oh my, it's good. And he created a world that was thousands and hundreds of thousands, millions of years old, but it was only days old. I can buy that. Does it matter about anything? Not to me. And then he said too, not to him, but he said it gives him a theory to answer somebody. How do you answer the fact that the world is, we're getting 20 billion year old readings, you know? Well, that's good. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but anyways, um, it, it's the thought of, of God creating all this. And then I, I, I want you to understand that as we read this verse, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What we have to understand, there was an intention. There was an intention on God's part for what he was doing. Okay? There was a big intention for what he was doing. Because if you read on in chapter 1, you see where he, he, he does all this stuff, creates all this stuff, all, all that we see and know today. He creates all that, and then finally he creates Adam and Eve. And if you look at chapter 2, it goes into a little bit more detail. But he creates them, and he says, okay, guys, this is what I want you to do. I want you to start going around naming everything. I want you to start going around taking care of everything. I want you to start taking care of the world that I have created for you and for me and for everybody that comes after you. His intention was that the world would do nothing more than do what he was hoping that it would do. He knew it wouldn't, but he was hoping that the world would, would um, honor him and, and the people that he created in it would honor him. Uh, we have failed desperately, haven't we? And these, if we go, you know, if you really want to know when creation happened, it was 7th, September the 7th at 9 a.m. Guys, write this down. September the 7th, 9 a.m., 4004, okay, B.C. Take that as gospel. 
<laughs> no. If you're a num numerologist, it comes out that way. But I'm not, so I don't worry about it. But anyways, he created this world so that you and I would be a part of it. His intention was that we would be the people that he would come and talk with and settle down with and, and have, hope that that happened. Well, it happened for a period of time with Adam and Eve until somebody broke in and said, no, no, God's not telling you all the truth. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden we're thrown out and, and, um, and the things that were supposed to be didn't happen anymore. But I want to share with you, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he had an intention, and that intention is still the same today as he did when he created this world. He created this world so that the, the material things that we see around us, isn't the, the beauty of all the flowers that we see today and everything that's going on, all, you know, 15 days of no rain. Sorry, Roger. You know, farmers, I'm sorry that there's no rain. But um, those of us that like the sun, we're worshiping it. Amen. The golfers was really busy this morning. When I came by, they were filled up. Both courses. I didn't see. I didn't, was it filled up? It's looking good. It's looking good. Huh? <laughs> okay. Um, so in, in the midst of everything, you know, even in a uh, rainstorm, we're going to thank God. When the rain comes, we're going to thank God because those seeds are going to get nourished and, and start growing. Praise God for these farmers. And everything that's going to happen with that is nothing. Everything is in place the way it should be in place. And we are to be taking care of it. Now, I thought about when we were taking care of it. I've been driving over here just a, a little over a month. Well, not even a month yet. I've been driving from Brunswick over to here. And I come over. I don't know the name of the road. But uh, I come over 303 and then I go right and I hit 57 and go left and then I hit middle. Uh, you know where I'm at, don't you? But anyways, when I turn on that first road coming out of um, uh, Valley City, when I turn on that first road to go uh, up to 57, there's this real nice house that always has, um, it's, the yard is perfect. And I'm thinking to myself, man, he's taking care of God's kingdom really good. The only problem with this, and this morning it was there. Two or three times a week, when I'm driving over here, those four times, two or three times a week, <laughs> there's trash in his front yard. Not from him, but it looks like it's somebody stopped at McDonald's in Grafton, and by the time they got down there, it's where they dumped their trash off, in his front yard. Now, there's other yards there that aren't well kept, and whoever throws this trash out doesn't throw it there. There's one, garden, one yard where it's all weeds, you know, and if you threw trash out, you'd never know it. That's what I'd do it, you know. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. It's really strange. And this morning, there was a big bag of McDonald's stuff laying in his yard. And I'm sure he's going to pick it up today and tell whoever did it, thanks. You know, and Ethel, thank you, honey. <laughs> we, we are, are destined to take care of of what God has created. He said to us to take care of this. Now, we can't do anything for that neighbor's yard, can we? Now, maybe pick it up for him once in a while. That's what I should do, stop and pick it up so he wouldn't have to. I'll do that the next time I see something, I'll stop. I'll stop and get it for him. Um, but we are, we, are, we are geared, God has geared us to, if we don't um, praise him, it's okay. 
If you listen to him when Jesus comes in and he rides in on um, uh, Palm Sunday and the Pharisees and the leaders say, tell your people to quiet down. Jesus looks at him and says, no, you better let them do it because if they don't, the flowers, the nature, everything around us will start proclaiming who I am and what I'm about. My friends, God created in the beginning this world that we live in with the intention that you and I would take care of everything that he wants us to take care of. And he wants us to take care of the world that we live in. So we need to do our best for that time where we live in our, in our little block of ground in this great big world. We can't do anything for people in Alaska that are trying to get rid of their trash, you know what I mean? We, but we can take care of our place. Let's not give up. And then, if that isn't enough, he wants us to love what he loves. Not only does he want us to take care of what he's created, but he wants us to love what he loves. And this is where I think that we get into an area of problem. Because in God's eyes, I need you to hear this really closely. If you'll, if you'll pay close attention to this statement, in God's eyes, there's no second class. You all get that? Well, Olivia's not having fun. Bless her heart. Um, there's no second-class people in God's eyes. In God's eyes, everyone he has created has a purpose in life. And his, his desire is that they would know him as their savior. And so he looks at us. He looks at us and he says, your job, the thing that I want you to do is love the people the same way I love them. Now think about that. He wants us to love, you know, those folks that are um, what we consider, you know, not our type. He wants us to love them even more than we can imagine. Every time we meet somebody, especially in our families, when we have somebody in our families that, that you know, pushes you the wrong way. I'm already praying for a young man that I'm going to see July, the first weekend in July at the, at the, at the uh, um, homestead down there in West Virginia that we'll go and, and be a part of. And I, I've been praying that he'll come because every time he comes, it gets everybody upset. You know, everybody. Nobody wants to sit with him. Nobody wants to talk with him. And I'm hoping he comes this year because last year we broke the ice and, and um, I'm hoping that he'll come and sit down beside me this year and start ranting and raving. And I get the chance to rant and rave with him and tell him how much God loves him. Amen? You know what I mean? Our neighbors, our families, our friends, um, the people that we can do something with. Um, a friend of mine was telling me a story about going and talking to a, a person they didn't know. And, uh, and they said to me, they said, uh, I, I thought about inviting them to church right away, but I thought, oh, I better wait and talk to them again. You know? I better wait and talk to them again and then invite them to church. And, and that's exactly what we're supposed to do, become friends with people. Become friends with people, and, and especially people that everybody else looks down on. I think I've told you this, but when I was in youth ministry, I always said to the kids that were in youth ministry, I said, quit sitting with your group in church, um, your group in basketball, your group in football, your group in whatever class you have. When you go to lunch and you see those weirdos that are sitting over there by themselves because nobody likes them, go sit with them. And they all looked at me like, no. That's what we're supposed to do, friends. We're supposed to love those, what people consider second-class people. 
um, people that, you know, that just aren't up to our standards. Those are the people that God really challenges you and I to go and become friends with them and help them through their journey of life. If it wouldn't have been for some people doing that with me, a second-class citizen, that would have never come about that I'd be standing here in front of you today. Amen? God wants us. In the beginning, when he created the earth and all that is in it, he had an intention. And the intention is you and I would come to know him and then share our, our faith and our trust with all of God's people that need to hear it. Amen? Let's pray together. God, thank you for that challenge right now. The challenge that you give us here on this communion Sunday where we are challenged to, to hear you call us to do something that's way out of our, our um, bellywick. It's just it's so nervous and we can't do it. Our neighbors know us too well. <laughs> our family knows us too well. But Lord, we we come into your presence this morning um, seeking that you will give us that grace that you give to those that are seeking it, to be that witness, to take care of this world that we live in so that next year when we come together, it'll be worth it. We'll remember it. We'll remember what we've done. God, thank you for loving us so much and for all of us who know that. Thank you for loving our families, our neighbors, our friends, the stranger that you're going to send our way. And thank you for the opportunity to become friends with them. To become friends with them. And then, and then do what your intention is, Lord, for us to share your grace and your love with them. Thank you, Father, for that challenge. And, and I pray that you'd give us the strength and the power and the courage to follow through with your plan, with your plan. And part of that plan is me and Sue going to an annual conference this year. And um, we just pray that Sue and I will have that opportunity to share your grace um, with our friends over there. Thank you, Father. We pray, we pray all this and many more things in your precious Son's name, our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Praise God. Praise God.